Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode we have Netflix 218th film from 2020. It's the Spanish thriller The Occupant or Hogar. It's directed by David and Alex Pastor and it stars Javier Guterres, Mario Casas and Bruna Cousy. I am Jesse and I am here solo for this international feature, The Occupant. Uh, if you're interested in this film, if you've seen something about it and you wanted to check it out, give us a pause now because I'm going to spoil this film. I think this film will probably uh, be best if you know very little about it because it does have um, quite a few spoilers and, and threads and um, sort of reveals along the way. So that's it. Let's get into it. This is the, the fast flicks where we do a quick little summary of what it's all about. So this one is about a man dealing with no longer being able to provide for his family and the lengths that he might go to to ensure he gets what he wants. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's a little bit of a rant there at the end. It's, it's an interesting concept. So uh, I'm not going to say too much more. I'm going to talk a little bit about how this one ended up on Netflix. So this was uh, slated for a March 2020 release and a world premiere at the Malaga Spanish Film Festival, but the event was postponed because of the COVID-19 pandemic disruption. Um, this was filmed from the 25th of November 2018 till the 12th of April 2019, so that's quite a long, I'm guessing they probably had some breaks throughout uh, that, that production time. It was released on Netflix worldwide on the 20th of March of 2020, um, and it was filmed in and across Barcelona in Spain. It was nominated for three awards for Best Actor at the Cinema Writers Circle Awards and the Feroz Awards for Javier. And also it was nominated for Best Visual Effects at the Gaudi Awards. So um, very interesting there. I guess a lot of uh, local awards there for a Spanish film. This one was, um, I guess we could say, the, the title in Spanish is, is Hogar. Um, and it, in the literal translation, it, it means home, um, but it, it's not a literal translation apparently in the Spanish language because it's like a sensation of, about a place of one or a place where someone truly belongs. So it makes the title of the occupant feel um, a lot more impactful um, when you think about that because, sorry, the, the occupant title, it, it doesn't, it loses a lot in that translation. If Hogar means home, then that is what this film was about, about a home that a man is trying to put together for his family. Um, translations across the world for this one. In Spanish, it's called Hogar, obviously, is home. Um, the title in Canada is Tenet, as well as in Brazil, Finland, France, Mexico, Sweden, Turkey, and the United Arab Emirates. In Germany, it's called Your Home Is Mine. In Greece, it's I Still Have The Keys, which is quite funny if you've seen this film. Um, in Italy, it's Where Is Your House. In Japan, it's Inhabitants. And in Portugal, to, li to Live As You Deserve, or To Life You Deserve. So um, interesting bunch of titles, all fit in really well. A nice rounded, a lot of titles there. I really like that. So let's talk about the consensus. What are critics and audiences saying about this film? On Rotten Tomatoes, it sits on a 61% on 23 reviews. That means it's fresh. The audience, a little bit lower, on 46%, and that's on more than 100 ratings. We go to IMDb, 
so 6.4 out of 10 on nearly 18,000 ratings, which is extremely, um, you know, good for an international film, I think. And a 6.4 is a solid score. And on Letterboxd, it sits just below a 3 on a 2.9 out of 5. That's on nearly 12,500 ratings. So for an international feature, this one's actually had quite a few eyeballs, which is which is good to see. And that leads to my early thoughts. I think that this is super engaging. I, w- I was hanging on to every thread, waiting for the end to happen, I guess. And and when the end did, did, did come... Um, I wasn't disappointed. I really enjoyed it. I liked the the ending of this one. So let's get into the characters of this one. Um, so we've got um, Javier plays the character Javier, um, and this is a, a once successful advertising agent who can't afford his apartment anymore. He's got to pack up his family home and leave, and he's sort of obsessed with the superficial, like the, the idea of him losing this house. It it's almost kills him. Um, you know, he he has a son who he isn't impressed with the size of his son. Sort of thinks he's a little bit overweight and sort of makes him go on runs until he vomits. Um, he sits there and watches television just so he can watch the ads, so he can look at the, the commercials and look at the commercial side of things. Um, and he can't deal with this new middle class lifestyle that he's been forced into because of, of not having the monetary means to keep that high flyer life going. Um, you know, he, he wants the life that he thinks he deserves. And um, there's his character, Thomas, who moves into his old house, who you know, it's the portrait of, of what he wants. Um, and it's pretty crazy the lengths he ends up going to to, to get what he wants. Um, try not to spoil it too much. I think that leads into Thomas, the 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 dad, the husband of the new family that move into um, Javier's old house. Um, we find out early on that, you know, his past hasn't necessarily been the best. He sort of had issues with alcohol, some drink driving issues. Um, but the money side of things is all well and good. He's got a good job because of the riches of his wife's father. Um, and he does, he feels guilt and fear and, and helplessness for the prior mistakes that he's had. And he wants to do the right thing. And um, coming across Javier is probably not the, the best thing for, for his journey uh, to renewal. Um, and Lara is Thomas's wife. So um, Javier is almost a little bit jealous. He sees her as like the perfect wife. She's She's a wife who stands by her man no matter what the mistakes he makes and you know she does good deeds her job she works pro bono to help those in need so he really looks up to her and you can see early on the the draw from her um that that he feels towards her then we talk i guess about javier's wife marga who um you know she's really focused on their son danny um and looks out for him a lot he's being bullied at school and she's trying to support him um but she's not feeding this information back to javier and that makes him feel a little bit left out uh, and she's also under the illusion that Javier is going to school to better his career so he can get some more jobs because, as I mentioned before, Javier is sort of a little bit older, so he's not getting a lot of these jobs that he would have used to get. And, um, you know, the, this school or this class that he's going to, sort of, uh, he loses a little bit of interest in it as his focus turns more towards Thomas and uh, his family. Uh, <laughs> they're the directors of this one, Alex and David Pasta. Interesting. They, they've they directed a few Spanish and, and um, films and, and TV, but I think the biggest thing to take out of their writing credits, um, they wrote the film Selfless, which you may have seen that stars Ryan Reynolds and, and Ben Kingsley. So they're not um, you know too far removed from Hollywood in the fact that they've, they've got some good writing um, credits behind them. Okay, let's talk about some scenes. What are some scenes that I enjoyed in this film? I think um, it's hard. It's hard in a film like this to sort of identify things that really stand out because it's just sort of a... A draw throughout the whole thing about this character and and his motivations behind trying to get a life back that he wants so the the opening and the closing are sort of really good parallels to start off with because the opening shot is this um old advertising campaign that that javier had worked on in the past probably the 1980s i guess and it's sort of this uh, appliance commercial where you've got the perfect family the perfect house 
Um, and what he does from now on in the film is to try and get this for himself, get it back for himself because he starts off with it and he loses it. And the, the end of the film has a bit of a mirror shot of this advertising commercial. And I really liked that, uh, to, to draw a close to this film. So, uh, keep an eye out for that. I think the, the moment that Javier has to leave this nice house and, and go live in the middle class sort of area, the poorer area, um, instead of this nice, beautiful view looking out over the city that he's used to, it's sort of um, a billboard that represents that same nice view, but instead of an actual view, it's, it's this view of a billboard. So I thought that was well done. I think that, um, you know, we talk about Javier as a character and the parts that I... I don't know, I didn't necessarily like him making his son run until he vomits, but when he was living in the nicer part of town, he was able to, to go for a run um, in the middle of the night, you know, enjoy enjoy the exercise. Whereas, um, you know, in the, the middle class, he's got to, when he goes with his son, he's got to go up these big hills and, and, and it's a real struggle. And this sort of reflects the, the struggles that he's facing with his career, with his life, with his family life. Um, I think there's a moment where Javier breaks into his old apartment and he's, you know, he's, he's having this going in there every now and then, checking things out. And Lara, um, the, the wife that, of Thomas that lives there now, sort of comes home because she forgot something. And there's a quite a suspenseful scene as he tried to, to keep himself hidden from her, um, which, was, which was cool. And I think that the sort of twist at the end with Marga, uh, Thomas's wife, sort of explaining that she knows what's happened, I think... This is really important for that newfound confidence that we're seeing in, in Javier. He's, he's so confident in what he's saying. He doesn't fear anything. He's happy where he's at. Um, it's just a, a good transition from a character that we've seen struggle and be rejected so many times that now he's he's got the upper hand. So a nice little finish to the film there as well. The only thing that I'm going to put in here that I didn't like was this gardener that worked at their old place. Uh, he sort of blackmails Javier along the way. He's creepy. I'm not sure we needed his blackmail and I'm not sure that the reasons he was blackmailing, which were some pretty disgusting habits, were really needed. So I think that probably needed a rework and that, that didn't really uh, work for me in that case. That leads us to the themes and ideas of this film. And I think there's there's a lot in this. There's a lot that they're trying to say. Um, what, what do people deserve? You know, we've got the haves, we've got the have-nots, which sort of, you know, leads a little bit into class society too. You've got entitlement and, and this economic disparity of, you know, depending on who's got the money, where you are, depends on where you live, depends on what your life is like. Um, and especially in Javier's case, his age is definitely something which which impacts his ability to be successful now. He, he's not getting jobs anymore. He's seeing a reflection of what life used to be like for him and his family through this new family that's living in his apartment. They're a younger family. They're, they're doing well. Um, he's not. His wife's working like retail and, and he's you know having to try and sell his car and, and continually go for appointments, go back to school. Um, and, and in saying that, all these interviews that, that Javier does go to, they're all run by younger people, younger up-and-coming people, and, and he feels threatened by, by this youth. And you know, we, we even see a conversation with his son where he talks about, when I was at school, I had to learn Latin. It shows times have changed. Latin's not this language that everyone studies anymore. You know, I, I reckon I've even had my own father talk about when he studied Latin at school, and it's like, I don't even know if that's an option anymore. So all very interesting. And then also, too, we've got this sort of monetary crisis or... This, this idea that you have to let people go from their jobs. You've got maids, you've got gardeners having to downsize um, due to lower income. So the idea that, that the impact that this can have on society too. And then on the other side of things, especially through this sort of um, Alcoholics Anonymous or rehab sort of sessions that we see, there's that idea of temptation too. Trying to fight that temptation, trying to keep your guard up. And then that idea also of, of being tempted of getting back what you've lost. What lengths will you go to to get back what you've lost? So all really interesting little things that are touched on in this film too. I think um, 
things that I took away from this one. I think that there's this idea of a tap dripping in this film. Um, there's this tap in their, their middle-class house that drips, and we also see it again at the end. And I think it's a really good symbol showing that it doesn't matter how nice your house is or, or how good your life is, there's always going to be a problem. There's always going to be an issue. There's always going to be something that, that impacts things. So I think that was really interesting too. Um, we usually talk about IMDb. If there's anyone that we jumped on to check out, I didn't for this film, so I sort of got a couple of um, quotes from from critics about this film, which I think are an interesting take. So I really like this quote. From, I'm not saying that I agree with it, but I like this quote from Empire Film Magazine. Um, they said, "If you feel that if if you, you feel that if Javier poured the same creativity into his advertising portfolio as he does with his cunning plans, he'd be." effing Don Draper which is quite funny I think that you know uh, when he goes to interviews sort of show that he's, he's living off his past and not necessarily anything that he's done that's new whereas he is quite um, thoughtful or quite um, you know imaginative in, in his things that he does to try and get back what he wants so that's a, that's a, a really interesting quote and then this one from the New York Times uh, not quite as good but they said if Harvey put as much effort into his portfolio as he does into evil he'd have a sports car for every day of the week uh, yeah I mean not, not as good as the previous one but still talks about you know the effort that he does put into to what he's trying to do um and i'm not necessarily sure that i i see um javier as evil i think um probably a misguided man and obviously as a character you can look at him towards the end and, and work out he actually goes through with something that is not quite nice but i don't know whether that's evil maybe that's the the fear of of, of loss um and trying to rega regain what he's lost and not necessarily that he's a real pure evil man because he does look out for um you know he does look out for lara and he wants to be successful with her and the kids so it's very interesting um i'm gonna wrap this one up i think time for my final thoughts give the films a rating out of five and, and i i feel like this film does need to be recommended i think that the extremes that javier goes to it might be you know they might be a little bit extreme and a little bit unbelievable but it's always engaging um watching someone fall into a spiral because of their perception of the world and what they do to to regain where they're at um i'm giving this a three and a half out of five so decent score from me i think it's worth a watch uh check it out if you can uh we have socials we have twitter facebook and instagram so on social media this week i want to ask what's the most disappointed you've ever been after an interview that's just in relation to javier uh kind of missing out on a lot of interviews i guess i, I can't even think of anything off the top of my head that I've, I've gone for that i was disappointed i didn't get um but i'm sure there's some good good stories about you know issues that have happened with that so if you've got one you want to share please do uh we've got a huge catalog of netflix films um please do have a look and see if there's anything we've done that you're interested in we will be back next week with another one another brand new episode and this one is also from 2022 it's also an international film this one's from canada it's an action thriller called The Decline, or in French, it's Joquet Decline, and it's directed by Patrice Lebert. It stars Guillermo, Lorin, Riel Bose, Marc-Andre Grondin, and Marie-Evelyn Lassade. So, um, The Decline, that's what we're looking at next week. I'm excited. Action thriller. Um, should be interesting. Thanks for joining and listening along for this episode on The Occupant, or if you're speaking in Spanish, Hogar, which I, I like that title. It makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I'll be back next week and see you then.